0: It's time to decide. You must choose your subscription box. Do you want fluffy, fuzzy things? Do you want a watch that you'll barely even wear? How about more collectibles to fill the shelves in your room? No, you don't want that. You want horror movies and you want them on DVD. No, you want them on Blu-ray. Well, buddy, It must be an omen because here I am and here's HorrorPack.com. Join HorrorPack.com for $19.99 a month and get three killer DVD movies plus one exclusive. Or join up for $24.99 a month and get three Blu-ray blood soakers and an exclusive each month. There, now you've made up your mind. Or I have. HorrorPack.com For the best scare anywhere.
1: Hey everybody we're going to be doing something different this week this week on achieving Reality, the podcast we're going news yeah that's right all the news that's good there's only one story that has to well there's actually technically a couple stories that have to do with the coronavirus but not directly so just sit back relax and enjoy this episode of achieving reality news see you at the end This week in good news, 10 types of apples thought to be extinct from pioneer days are discovered in the Pacific Northwest. What do you have planned for your retirement? While enjoying your grandchildren, traveling across Italy might be some things you're considering. We cannot imagine that many of you would consider going to scour the wilderness of America looking for abandoned and forgotten pioneer homesteads in the hope of discovering forgotten genetic strains of common crops. Well, this pair of retirees have been scouring the Pacific Northwest for abandoned pioneer arid fruit orchards and have successfully discovered numerous lost species of apples. During the autumn of 2019, E.J. Brandt and David Ben Scooter, the Vietnam veteran and former FBI agent who became amateur botanists for their nonprofit, The Lost Apple Project, made a remarkable discovery that was confirmed by the experts at Temperate Orchard Conservatory. The apples they found growing in orchards around abandoned homestead in Genesee, Idaho, led to the rediscovery of 10 forgotten varieties of apples that were believed to be extinct. It was one heck of a season. It was almost unbelievable. If we had found one apple or two apples a year in the past, we thought we were doing good. But we were getting one after another, E.J. Brandt told the AP. I don't know how we're going to keep up with that. Their apple sleuthing is worthy of a documentary, as it involves hunting lost orchards in the forests, mountains, and canyons, relying on newspaper clippings, old maps, county fair records, and nursery sales ledgers that contain records of homesteaders purchasing trees to begin their orchards with. The ledgers also contain some information on the buyer, which can help triangulate a possible orchard location. Whenever a suspected location is discovered, EJ and David trek by ATV, truck, and hiking shoe to log hundreds of miles and countless hours over the course of a reconnaissance mission. And now over to Neil with Weather and Traffic.
2: Wait a minute, man, I got two-buff Oh, shit. Ugh. All right, but I'm up in the traffic copter, and there's really not much going on out there, man. I mean, there's some people on the road, you know? There's a there's few cars. I see one, two, three, four, five. Hey, that one's tailgating. He's not doing the social distancing thing. Uh, ten... 20... Neil? Oh, sorry. Uh, so, uh... Yeah, there's not really much going on. There's, like, a car stalled on the side of the road there. And uh, uh, on 400, there's a couple of guys that are just kind of walking around, looking confused. There's some road work going on, which is a good thing, because those bastards should be doing this stuff at this time anyways. I mean, you know, you know, wear the masks and everything, but, you know, you do your fucking job, you know. God, maybe this stuff will get finished already. You can work 24 hours a day now, man. Yeah, I don't understand why they haven't done that anyways. Neil. i Yeah, I'm sorry. Um... Yeah, all right, well, that's traffic, man. Neil? The... The weather? Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm up in the traffic copter, man, and it's, uh... It's sunny out, and... Uh... I would open the window but last time I did that I lost my joint so I'm just gonna keep it close but it's nice out man it's it's sunny and and when I got in the helicopter it was pretty warm out so okay I'm gonna say the weather is pretty warm and sunny and great for flying around in a helicopter okay man later (sighs) well that was traffic and weather with
1: nail don't really expect more than that Next story from positive.news. The social enterprise demystifying carbon offsetting one tree at a time. Working with NGOs in the global south, Treedom is on a mission to make offsetting make sense by investing in people. So you want to cut your carbon footprint? Where to start? Drop the plane for the train, cut the burgers, switch to green energy, Swap the light bulbs for LEDs, yep, all of the above. But short of becoming the 21st century equivalent of a foraging monk, chances are you'll still be responsible for the odd ton or two of CO2, which is not bad because that's what trees eat. It's carbon monoxide that we have to worry about. So what to do? One answer, of course, is to offset to ensure your unavoidable emissions are balanced by corresponding cuts elsewhere. There are a host of ways to go about this, but one of the most popular, for sound scientific reasons, is to harness the power of nature's very own sequestrian specialists' trees. Before you don your wellies and get down and dirty with a spade, you can instead enable others to plant a tree for you. And this coming Earth Day, 22 April, which by my recording is today, you can even do so by putting your feet up and watching a video. More on that later. Probably not. If that sounds like the ultimate armchair activist cop-out, read on. Forestry offsets conjure up not an altogether appealing image of vast plantations spreading across the land. But that's not the only approach. A more human-scale one is being championed by... Treedom, a social enterprise that offers individuals and companies the chance to offset their carbon impact while also boosting the livelihoods of local farmers across the developing world. It's rooted in the fact that trees' benefit to people isn't restricted to curbing climate change. They can, of course, also produce other stuff, too, like fruits and berries. These, in turn, produce a much-needed source of income, helping farmers provide for their families, and get the kids a decent education, and more besides. It works like this. You estimate how much carbon you need to offset. Treatum provides a simple calculator on its website. Then, you choose one of the three species to have planted on your behalf. Each of them are productive trees, mainly fruiting ones such as orange, lemon, mango, papaya, and they also include cacao, coffee, and baobab as well as fodder crops such as leucanea and caliandra, or something to that effect. TREATUM has a team of agricultural and forestry experts who work closely with NGOs in rural communities such as Kenya and Cameroon. There, they help train farmers to switch from destructive slash-and-burn practices, which themselves cause climate change, to more sustainable and productive methods. As part of this program, the tree you financed will be nurtured in a local sapling nursery and then planted by one of the farmers. They are shown how to care for it, to maximize its chances of survival, and care of the tree is financed until it starts producing, for example, oranges or coffee beans. Treedom's team makes sure that the tree survives its early vulnerable years, and if it dies, it is replaced. In practice, each of the farmers involved in the scheme is given a sizable number of trees, which, once productive, can make a real difference in their lives. And now, sports with Klaus. Ooh, I love sports, especially the men in the very tight pants. Ooh, those women in the very tight pants are nice. Mm. Well, since there is nothing going on right now, I am watching a lot of e-sports, which the people are not in tight pants, because they are computer things, and I don't understand all of that, but they are still hot,
0: ooh,
1: I have a problem. So, I have been watching that, I have been getting notes from the Braves... I guess that is baseball. Um I looked at a cricket match that was old, and that was very interesting. They were not hot. In fact, I think they were wearing khakis. I am not sure. Um Let's see. I watched a women's volleyball, uh, and then I watched a men's volleyball. Ooh. And then I went and watched a porno that was sports-like. And then I saw... I saw a puppy video that was very cute, he was playing with a ball, uh, so that was sports. So there you go, that is sports, I'm back to Larry Mit The News. From feelgood.news, new gloves translate sign language to audible speech. Roy Alela, a 25-year-old engineer and inventor from Kenya, has found the ultimate solution to bridging the communication barrier between deaf and hearing people. He has invented Sign.io gloves that can translate signed hand movements to audible speech. This allows deaf people to, quote, talk even to those who don't understand sign language. The Sign.io gloves feature sensors mounted on each of the five fingers to determine its movements. This includes how much a finger is bent. The gloves are connected via Bluetooth to an Android app that Alella also invented. The app uses a text-to-speech function to convert the gestures to vocal speech. Alela's six-year-old niece inspired him to create the gloves. He and his family struggled to communicate with his niece because she was born deaf. My niece wears the gloves, pairs them to her phone or mine, then starts signing, and I am able to understand what she is saying. Like all sign language users, she is very good at lip reading, so she doesn't need me to sign back, he said in an interview with The Guardian. The young inventor first launched the gloves at a special needs school in rural Miguri County, southwest Kenya. He aims for it to be available in every school for special needs children to assist in as many deaf or hearing-impaired children as possible. The sign I/O gloves are currently still in prototype phase of development. However, it has already received awards and prize money which helped him further improve the invention. It has been the 2018 Grand Winner of the Hardware Trailblazer Award from the American Society of Mechanical Engineers Global Finals in New York. The invention also received a second runner-up at the Royal Academy of Engineering Leaders Innovation Fellowship in London. And once again, to Neil with Traffic and Weather.
2: I gotta do this again, man? is once enough for the whole day? No, Neil. You need to do it multiple times. (laughs) Okay, man, whatever. When I'm not up in the traffic copter anymore, I'm just kind of... Walking around, you know, outside. I don't know why they left my microphone on me. I didn't think it's weird. But, uh, over here in this area, there's only a few cars. Uh, there's nobody on the side of the road. I saw a guy walking to, uh, you know, the, the, the Publix over there. And I saw another dude, uh, a few minutes before that. He went to the Kroger, uh, yeah, one guy went to the, uh, Yeah, the pharmacy, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I had to grab a shopping cart and, you know, take it back because some ass decided to just leave it out in the middle of the parking lot, and that's not cool, man, you shouldn't do that. I mean, it's like you just don't want to go that extra hundred feet, you know, and like put it back or anything, that's just, it's my pet peeve of mine, that and, you know, Chris and Larry stealing all my stuff out of my freezer and all that, you know, I don't understand why they got to do that now. Oh, um, so, um, weather's still real nice out, man, that's, yeah, it gets warm out, I don't know, they put around 70, maybe, something like that, and hey, something like that. Um, and it's really sunny, and, oh, oh, man, oh, I just stepped in some dog shit, man, oh, oh, yeah, where am I gonna skip? where's a stick when you need one? Ugh, oh Scrape it on the curb or something. Oh, that's disgusting. Ugh. Stephanie, dog shit. I can't handle it anymore. I'm out of here. This is all your deal, man.
1: And that was Traffic and Weather with Neil again. This bit of good news comes from sunnyskies.com. Every animal in a Chicago Animal Control has been adopted. For the first time in the shelter's history, Chicago Animal Care and Control is completely out of adopted animals. As people are transitioning to stay-at-home orders, families across the country have decided now is the best time to adopt a pet. In New York City and Los Angeles, the American Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, ASPCA, says applications to foster dogs and cats is up 200%. Pet point. A software program shared by some 1,200 shelters nationwide reports fostering and adoptions are up 700% over the last year. We are seeing people all over the country stepping up to foster and adopt animals from their local shelters and rescues, says Humane Society CEO Kitty Block. It has truly been a game changer in the sheltering world. On Tuesday, the Chicago Animal Care and Control announced that all available animals had been adopted. We are officially out of adoptable animals, the shelter wrote on Facebook. Yep, you read that right. We are out of adoptable animals. It's something we thought we'd never say, and we are so happy to bring you this news. We want to thank everyone who stepped up to adopt from Chicago Animal Care and Control over the last few weeks, as well as those who are fostering, and to all of our amazing partners for continuing to transfer animals out of the shelter. We have been amazed at the outpouring of people wanting to help during this time. It's kind of sweet, isn't it? Once again, sports with Klaus. Oh, like I said before, there's not much going on, but now I have watched a kitty playing with a little bell in a ball. That was kind of cute. I saw two piggies fighting over a bone. I think it was a bone. It could have been something else. Who knows? They are piggies. Uh, let us see. I watched another pawn, uh, and it was a football pawn. so I guess that would be considered sports. Uh, it was very hard. Um, let us see. uh. Um, no, I think that is all I have. I can't remember. Honestly, I'm just doing this off the cuff because I have nothing better to do. Uh, goodbye. This final piece of good news comes from the OrlandoSentinel.com, which is in Florida. And it's not about crazy people. Florida County's Empty Kennel video, sign of the times for animal shelters amid coronavirus pandemic one florida county's landmark moment an empty kennel at its animal control shelter is representative of a trend with more families welcoming animals into their home as the nation battles the coronavirus pandemic with more people staying in their homes florida animal shelters are finding their kennels to be more empty that was the case in palm beach county and celebrated by the friends of palm beach county animal care and control who posted a video of its Facebook page showing that its kennel was empty for the first time in its history. While not empty, central Florida shelters have been seeing more foster families and forever home adoptions since coronavirus concerns began spreading in March. Lake County has seen the amount of foster families double since this time last year, says Whitney Bolston, spokeswoman of Lake County Animal Shelter. Our census is way down, Boylston said. We've seen massive numbers in adoptions and fosters. More people are at home and have more time to spend with a new pet. Or maybe there's just more people looking at how they can help the community, even if it's just temporary. Currently, Lake has 49 dogs, 24 cats, 1 pig, and 1 cow available for adoption. Under normal circumstances, it has double that amount on any given day. Since March 1st, Lake has had 90 animals stay with families as part of its shelter break sleepovers, where families foster an animal for about a month. In 2019, the shelter had only 45 animals out on sleepovers during the same time period, Boylston said. While Seminole County Animal Services couldn't confirm at the time how many animals it had, the shelter said its numbers were significantly down as well, with an estimated 50 dogs in its kennels. For Palm Beach County, its animal control kennel reached its milestone moment on Tuesday when all of its kennels were vacant due to either adoptions or fosters. An incredible and joyful thing happened today. For the first time in the history of Palm Beach County Animal Care and Control, we have a completely empty kennel. The Facebook post read, On March 1st, the shelter had 93 cats, 157 dogs, 13 rabbits, 1 pig, and a goat. Some animals were sent to partner organizations, but 30 cats, 71 dogs, a chicken, a rabbit, and pig were all adopted. About 26 pets are in foster care, but the shelter's animal inventory is down 300 animals compared to that of March 2019, Palm Beach Animal Care told the Orlando Sentinel. To celebrate, the staff and volunteers stood in the unoccupied kennels and gave a round of applause on video to the community for helping out so many pets. We hope the momentum continues and encourages other communities to consider fostering and adoption as well, a member of the Palm Beach Animal Care page said. I think it's been a combination of things, really, but mainly due to the inherent good nature of people, their desire to want to help and do good, and the companionship and joy a pet brings to someone. Orange County Animal Services closed its doors March 27th to the public as the threat of coronavirus increased and only medical and care teams were allowed to keep reporting inside the building. They currently have 99 animals at the facility and 100 animals with foster families. While adoptions have not been proceeding since the end of March, Orange is unrolling its virtual adoption program Thursday morning, according to Orange County Animal Services Manager Diane Summers. Their website will have an album of ready-to-adopt pets, about 15 cats and 10 dogs who are all spayed, neutered, vaccinated, and microchipped. Users can browse through the selection and arrange a virtual hangout with the shelter or foster family via Zoom or FaceTime. This is a brand new thing for us, so we're letting foster families participate on an opt-in basis for those who are tech-savvy, Summer says. We're trying to create a process in which people can adopt with as little contact as possible. Last night, Wednesday, we teased it on our Facebook and got a lot of interest. We're really excited about it. So there you go, everybody. Adopt or foster an animal, please, no matter where you are. And that's the good news from Achieving Reality Newsroom. And there it is, the first episode of Achieving Reality News. I hope you enjoyed the good news stories, especially the last two about animal shelters. I think those are great. And the uh, glove that detects and can read or turn into speech, American Sign Language. Well, just sign language in general. I thought that was really cool, too. So um, I'm gonna do this probably again next week. So stay tuned for Chris, Klaus, Neil, and Marissa. In parentheses, I'm Larry saying no news is no news, but good news is great. Hey everybody, Larry here from Achieving Reality, the podcast. So you've missed the last few episodes, have you? That's cool. We got you covered now. That's right. Achieving Reality, the podcast is now on Spotify. Nice, right? So now you can listen to us on Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, and Spotify. We're growing and growing. I mean, Wow. Follow us on Facebook and give us a listen on all of our new platforms
0: and our old platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Achieving Reality, the podcast. See you soon.